Before we start the show, I'd like to direct your attention down to the Badlands, where Screaming Lord Salba has a public service announcement. Fuck the Dodgers. Let's play ball. Look out, here we go. Here it is. This is going to get ugly here. It is. Welcome back to another episode of Skaters on Baseball, a podcast with balls. I'm Schmitty, along with Christian Cooper, and so far, the Giants are scoring a ton of runs every other game. And there's nothing like it. We are recording this before game three with the Royals. It's Easter Sunday and we're not looking for goose eggs today. How you living, Christian? Just, uh, I'm hanging in there. The last couple of days of uh, Giants ball haven't been uh, the greatest, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it. This whole Jekyll and Hyde thing is every other day. And then they broke that streak yesterday, which is um, a little bit disappointing. Um, thought they had that game in the bag. And it just, the bullpen just let them down. And it just, then the situational hitting, like has been the trend, just didn't show up. So aside from that, I'm doing great. I went to both games. I went to the Yankee Stadium for opening weekend out there. And that was great, the being in New York and everything. But uh, I'm with you. I don't understand the inconsistency so far. It's early. I know they're trying to figure everything out. Stripling looks like he's got some situation. I don't know if we can hope for better or this is what we're going to get with him. Um, that was unfortunate, his two appearances. But the thing that blew me yesterday that I was just so angry about was here's capitalism coming in hot with Doval coming out to pitch when it's not a closed situation. And Doval's obviously our closer. What you've done is you've, given the Royals two days in a row of our closer when it didn't matter. And now going into game three, if we need a closer, they've already seen him twice. He might be a little tired three games in a row. I don't know, but I just don't understand that. My pet peeve has always been don't use a closer unless it's a close situation. Yeah. Well, you're, you're absolutely right on that. And I totally agree with you. I think bringing him in on Friday was just a pure question of uh, rust, right? Like he's been sitting, he hadn't really thrown. And so I think okay. I think maybe in that situation, it might have been good to get him in there, hold the line and just kind of get him some work because he's been sitting a little bit, right? Uh, but bringing him in yesterday was ridiculous. Right. I mean, we could go on about that a bunch, but it's been a minute since we recorded and uh, we should probably catch up on some of the stuff like uh, – Spring training, you were out there. Give me a little rundown. I mean, it's that that experience is something I haven't got to do yet, but I'm planning on it before I go out. Well, my wife and I drive up to the stadium, and right next door is a double-decker parking lot for free. We park pretty much in the best spot you can get in there. It was just so easy. I'm an old school guy, so I'm having a hard time with 4,000 passwords for every goddamn application right. I got to use. So it took us a hop minute to sit out front of the yard to figure out MLB app to Giants app to Scottsdale location to new password to all that crap. But once we got inside, it was, I mean, the intimacy there, it's not important. These guys aren't stressing. Nobody cares about the win loss. They're just trying to get their reps in and, you know, it's, it's warming up basically it's practice. So it's just really neat. I thought it was cool. We sat behind these guys that were just fraternity.com. One thing I can't fucking stand is warm beer makes me fucking puke. They were playing this game uh, at the end of the inning. 
if the uh, umpire rolls the ball out to the mound, if it's in the dirt, somebody wins. If it doesn't stay in the dirt and goes on the grass, someone loses. But then they had all these side bets where it's like if someone gets beamed, there's one guy in the group that everybody gets to take a punch on their arm. Wow. It was just all these drunk and they're just annihilated. Like, you know, they woke up at five and got hella drunk during golf and then showed up at the spring sure. game at night, just hammered. Yes, pour the fucking beer. But it was just festive and fun. We got to see Casey Schmidt play the last inning. And I, you know me, I, anybody with Schmidt on their jersey is let's bring them up as soon as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was cool. And then Cheryl had a work trip in New York that I got to um, coattail and we made it to Yankee Stadium. Judges hearing booze. It couldn't have been more storybook horror story for Giants fans. But Judge hits a home run his first at bat off web. But New York is undeniably. I mean, Chicago's right up there as far as a baseball town and, and St. Louis. I, I haven't been to Boston yet, so I can't throw them in the mix. I'm sure they're right there, but undeniable. You go into the museum and everybody from Gehrig to uh, judge. And in between you got Ron Guidry, you got Reggie Jackson, you got all these great people and great stories and tons of titles. It's just undeniable. And they do it right. The only bad vibe I got, nobody vibe me. Cheryl and I are both in our jerseys, a little kid. I used to like the giants, but my he wouldn't give me a high five. That was it. <laughs> so it was it was pretty harmless. We had a great time. Cool, cool. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I did catch a couple of those games on TV, and I did see some Giants jerseys in the in the stadium, and I was psyched on that. And it seemed like uh, seemed like people are cool with that. You know, like it's rep your team, and you know, it's not like Dodger Stadium where everybody just starts spitting on you and doing ugly stuff. You know, but good showing the Giants fans out there in New York to see Arson Judge. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, black and orange on the subway and in the city and running it, high fiving people. That you know, anyone wearing a Giants, you're just high fiving right, them. So. Right. Uh, and they got one win. I'll take one out of three in New York opening weekend and then two out of three in Chicago to come home 500 um, yeah. from a road trip. I'll take that yeah. every time. What I won't take is two losses to the one in six Kansas City Royals. This is come on, guys. Let's go. Yeah. Well, they, the, the Royals uh, managed to even their record with the Giants these last two games, which is just gross. Um, it, I I wasn't expecting that. I thought that, you know. Even running with the every other day offense that the Giants would have taken the game yesterday, a little disappointing. And uh, yeah, it all it all comes back to that situational hitting that I just keep screaming about ad nauseum. And uh, you know, I actually got into a little bit of a debate with somebody about it, and they were saying that you know, what about the 107 wins in 21? And I said, well, you know, the big difference is the pitching in 21, right? I mean, the, Gosman and DiScofani had monster years. Webb and Wood were really good. Cueto wasn't much of a factor, but think about the bullpen. I mean, the guys that were in the pen in 21, Leon, Latell, Garcia, Alvarez, McGee. I mean, these guys were lights out. Curvin Castro pitched 10 games, didn't give up a single run. You know, they had Bargar. Like they had even Tropiano was great, you know? Mm. And so those weird bullpen hiccups with Sam Long and some of these guys that really were just marginal at best, it, it wasn't a factor. The Giants didn't have to produce a lot of runs to have a really good season. Just for the sake of stats, because I'm not a total stat nerd, but there are stats that I think really matter is 
the hitting with runners in scoring position. And the Giants rank in Major League Baseball pre-Gabe Kapler in 2019, Bochy's last season, they were ranked fourth in Major League Baseball out of 30 teams. Okay. 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, they've been 24th or 23rd place in the league. We're not pitch hitting for, we're pinch hitting with. And that's really a telling stat when it comes to baseball in general, but more specifically the Giants, because we've been tearing our hair out now for four straight years with this. Uh, and it seems like it's starting out very similar. Yesterday, three straight hits, no outs, three straight strikeouts, and, and nothing to show for it. And I'm sorry, but I think the run scoring potential, this, the statistical averages say, okay, bases loaded, no outs. The probability of scoring two or more runs is 74%. A fly ball to the outfield would be enough. A, a sack fly, something. Even a ground ball to the right side that ends up bringing a runner home on a field of choice is better than three straight Ks. You're out of here! And the Giants have been striking out an awful lot to start the year. Conforto, for all the strikeouts that he's had, he's he's equaled that with hits. Conforto wraps one towards the gap, and it is out of here. The strikeouts aren't as big of an issue with him, but a lot of the guys on the team, the strikeouts are just kind of out of control, and they really got to rein that in. You know, Blake Sable, who's had some great clutch hits, he, he's had 10 strikeouts in eight games. So it's not great. You think that that's kind of the Dave Kingman approach, the home run or strikeout mentality? Like it's basically all or nothing. Like these guys don't want to just get base hits. They're looking for the long ball. With this particular roster, I'm not sure how much of that is a factor, but it's definitely been a factor in the Giants lineup uh, and every team in the league for years. You've got guys that, you know, hey, this guy is a strikeout king, but the hits that he does get, kind of balance it out so we're just going to kind of try to get him not to strike out quite as much and we'll just live with it like they they compared to adam dunn okay if you're going to hit 40 50 home runs we'll take the strikeouts but if you're going to end up with 19 home runs yeah. you you got to hit the ball yeah yeah well brandon belt was a perfect example of that where it's like uh, the strikeout to hit ratio was was terrible how's he um, doing this year one for 23 or something i heard Yeah, <laughs> Toronto hasn't been hasn't been good for him so far. You know, not to excuse anything, but I do think this year with the schedules, with the much more interleague play and uh, just these kind of strange schedules that these teams are playing, it's like they're seeing a lot of pitching that they've never seen. Um, you can look at every day. You look at the preview of the games, and you look at the you know the, the, how many hitters actually have an at-bat in their career against the opposing pitcher, and it's maybe two or three on a roster. Well, Mr. Optimism here. Yes! Yes! I got the prediction of the day, and that is, like myself, I'm not a big fan of going to the game for day games. I don't think the Giants play well in day games. I think at the end of the year, you'll look at day game record versus night game record, and the Giants will be much more successful at night. And they have not played one night game yet. They started the season nine day games in a row. Dodgers coming in Monday, going to be a tough series. But once we start having night games, the guys can feel at home a little bit because a lot of these guys are new to the Bay Area. They're still getting settled in and they can sleep in a little and then make it to the stadium and feel a little more alive. I think you're going to see the bats really come alive. And then when Hanager comes back, that's going to be like a jolt because I, I feel like this guy's going to hit 300. He's 
he's going to be a contact guy that hits for power, but also hits the ball, kind of like Tyro. So if we get Tyro in the leadoff spot, which both you and I are still confused why uh, Wade is the leadoff guy and not Tyro, who was batting over 400 going into the game yesterday, who's fast, who always makes contact except for when the bases are loaded and there's no outs. But, you know, like it's like he's our guy. And then follow that up with Haniger, either two or three, and get the guys on base. Then the pitcher's working out of the stretch. You got Jock, Conforto, Yaz, Craw. The big dogs come up with men on base, and the pitcher's already stressing out. It's going to equal, I think, a lot of better days ahead for us. The one thing I keep coming back to it, I think you agree, is Kapler needs to like really not do this back and forth shit. I just don't think that that's how we're viewing it. I don't like Manaya relief, start, relief, start. Let's make Manaya the number three pitcher. I think it should go Webb, Cobb, Manaya, Disco four. And then the fifth slot is a fight between Wood and Junis. And we'll probably give it to Wood because he's the veteran and a left-hander. But Junis is barking at these guys' heels because he's yep. he's doing nothing but deal. Uh, yep. Junis looks really good. So, um, and if he has to be our long man out of the pen, I'll take that too. You know, feel a right. little comfort with that, and then uh, get the bullpen in order. Figure out okay, Duvall's closer, Taylor Rogers setup guy. Uh, I don't know where Tyler's going to fit in. He's been, like you said, he's a little iffy. I don't know if people are figuring out his little sidearm delivery, but um, Luke Jackson, he says, I see him in the mornings, and he says he will be back June 1st at the latest. So um, that'll be a good punch in the arm, too, for us. I mean, obviously, we got seven starters in a bullpen. that That should be our strength. So let's use it as our strength. Let's not bum these guys out by giving them uh i don't know what i'm doing today i might be opening i might be closing i don't know I'm, i might be relief i might be starting it's like no 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 we need everyone to wake up and know what they're doing and be prepared for the game when you have an orange and you squeeze it what are you going to get out of an orange so yeah. that that's my belief and uh throw the stats out the window let's let's let jock peterson bat against left-handed pitchers he's made it this far i'm sure he's hit off lefties let's just keep a solid nucleus and give these guys more confidence that's yeah that's been my argument for ever since kapler showed up is this platoon system i think where you have statistical advantages according to whatever algorithms they're running and dug out there the reality is that the confidence level of players, I mean, these guys, they didn't work this hard to get to this level their entire life to get alternated on and off the bench. That's not the goal state of any major league player. The goal state is to be the everyday guy. This is this is my spot. They put me at second base and I own this. This is my alley, right? These are my at-bats. And the only way I'm coming out of this game is if I get hurt, uh, you know, or there's some extraordinary circumstance that dictates that I should come out of the game, right? Maybe right. I've got horrible splits against this one pitcher and you got a guy on the bench who just rocks him. Okay, fine. But this constant swapping out of players, you know, you and I both agree that the confidence just, it just seems like it isn't there. And when you can see it, um, that's a problem. Okay. You're platooning because these guys aren't able to do it in your mind. 
then that's the front office's problem. Why didn't the front office get somebody that can play every day? I think the Giants do have those guys. I Maybe I they do don't too. have them all the way up and down the lineup, but I think they definitely have those guys. They are overloaded at certain positions with players who are kind of a coin flip as to who is going to perform better as an everyday player. Guys want to be everyday guys, and I think when they're given that responsibility that they they step up, you know, they, they, they own that. You don't see that at a lot of other cities, a lot of other teams doing that. They got their everyday nine, right? I want to jump back to the whole Tyro leadoff thing for a minute. Cause I, yeah. we, we both agree he should be up front. I think the reason they're putting Wade up front is that he does actually have a higher on base percentage by a few points. Okay. Um, but in terms of the number of hits, in terms of batting average, in terms of slugging all that Tyro smokes him and he's faster. So, yeah, the, the argument still stands. It's like, I don't know why he's not leading off. If you sort the roster, you know, by batting, by on-base percentage, you almost get their every-other-day lineup, right? So, it, when you rank it, it's Lamont Wade first, Estrada second, Wilmer's third, J.D. Davis is fourth, Conforto's in the five spot, VR in the oh. sixth spot, Jock in the seventh spot, Crawford eighth spot, uh, Yastrzemski is next down, and then you know, Sable comes in right behind that. Essentially, like you can kind of sort it by that and you could see, hey, why don't you guys just go by these numbers? I have less of like a, a surefire plan in my brain. I want to see Jock move down in the order until he sort of proves that he can be consistent. Yeah, just I'm <laughs> pretty good player, so I don't know. Not as a punishment, but more like he's coming up in some big spots in that cleanup spot where he just didn't get it done. Um, and maybe that's just beginning of the year, jitters, rust, whatever it is. But um, he's not looking quite as as uh, intimidating at the plate. So who would you put there in the cleanup spot? Yeah, uh, I would say if Davis is in the game, oh. I'd put him in the four spot or Conforto. Those two guys are interchangeable for me. Uh, the way that VR has been hitting, possibly even him. How are they going to get JD Davis at bats? Well, that's, that's kind of a big question because I think he is. deserves them. He's a great he's he's hitting the ball, but there's he's kind of like odd man out. He could play DH, but then what what's happens with Jock? So I don't right. know how they're going to do that one. Right, and that sort of goes back to the strange overloaded roster at certain positions where you have guys that like can I have them both? For me, as as what I want to see is like I want to see the youth get their opportunity. So I don't want to give up on VR. I want VR to get the everyday play at third base, and I don't want to give up on Wade. I want to see him get that every day. Tyro and Crawford, you already know, are going to be there. Like those guys are set. So it's kind of a mix match between first, third, and DH as far as getting like an occasional start and then some pinch hitting and later innings type things. But that yep. should be interesting yep. along with the biggest question mark, which is clearly the catcher. Right, right. We went from having four catchers and everybody. the big question was, wow, what are we going to do with all these catchers to now where we're like, where, where did all our catchers go? Bart's hurt, Perez got hurt. Uh, we, we got, got Sable, Gary who's Sanchez. a con converted catcher and a minor league contract, Gary Sanchez, who yeah. um, hasn't really done much in years since his debut with the Yankees. So that's a that's a tough one, you know. So we got we got wins now, right? That's our that's the fallback plan. And I think they're going to give Sable a lot of reps to try to yeah. catch because he hits the ball. So it's like if he yeah. can catch, he's he's good. But 
Wins works well with the pitching staff, but I bet you that we're going to see Bart and Sanchez battling it out um, for who I think Sanchez could override Bart and Bart could have a whole year in sack unless Bart steps up and shows us what his potential is and lives up to that. So that's going to maybe be good. Having competition there sometimes lets people rise to what they need to be, but it's not clear at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a gray area with them. I think, you know, in, in terms of Bryce Johnson, I would I would get him as many reps in the outfield until Hanniger comes back. I, th- I think that guy is a great He's a great prospect. He's an up-and-comer, and I think he's going to be a great player for years to come. And it's just mm. getting more experience at the major league level. And since they have that opportunity right now with Hanniger out, put that guy out there almost every day. I mean, he's a speedster. He's great defense. He can hit. He can hit a little bit. And I think uh, great why defense. not? Right? Yeah, yesterday they had Yazin left, Bryson center, and Conforto and right. That's a pretty good defensive outfield right Absolutely. there. Yaz is great. Did you see the play he made in center where he threw the guy the out at second base amazing. and Crawford tagged him without looking? That, I mean, these yeah. are the gems that we take as baseball fans home on days where we lose the game. You still got right. to see some epic stuff. Yeah, Sable making a couple of incredible catches, one at catcher behind the plate where the wind caught the ball and he was drifting and drifting, and then that other one where he actually juggled it up into the air and caught it in the outfield. So... I mean, the defense is looking a little better this year than it did last year, and that's 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 a good thing. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to see that because last year the defense was atrocious, and it wasn't that they weren't making the hard plays; it's that they weren't making the basic fundamental plays that was the problem. Um, mm. And it seems like they've sort of gotten past that a little bit, although there've been a couple of you know a couple of wicket splitters for sure, and they they really got to dial that in. I think Peterson's a, a, a full, dedicated DH. He doesn't ever need to step onto the field in the defensive I position. You know, agreed. I, I just think he's he's a guy that all he should do is just spend all his time in the cage, getting getting ready to hit as a DH or even as a pinch hitter. I think Wilmer's at that point too, where I actually see his the most value he has is coming off the bench late in games as a pinch hitter. He's really, clutch. I, he's, he's a clutch hitter. He's got power. Um, don't he doesn't need to be running around potentially hurting himself on defense. You got you got to fill me in a little bit about the the home opener and some of the some of the shenanigans that went on. So this is our new segment that I've been anxious to launch and it is definitely available this episode. It's called Gone Too Far Han. You turn the page cuz it's a new season. Um um you know uh and there's two submissions for this uh, episode's gone too far, Han. And I don't know which one wins. So you guys tell me. Opening day in New York City. Bryce Johnson with the team. His folks at the hotel flew in to watch their son play. <laughs> Farhan picks up Matt Beatty. One less uh, tool in the tool bag. Ex-Dodger to be on the squad and send Bryce down for opening day. And his folks are kind of like, the Mets aren't here. What can we do? I mean, they probably went to Coney Island. It was still closed. That is harsh. I'm like, this guy stole 11 out of 11 opportunities. He was, you know, Hanniger hurt. He's the next in line. 
he proved that he should be there. And it's a big day for a kid to have his first opening day. And they dropped the ball on that in my eyes. The other gone too far on home opener. We go to the gates and holy smokes, have they brought the calendars back? (laughs) Nope. No calendars, kids. But we do have rally towels from three years ago that say resilient on them. (laughs) What the hell is going on? We didn't sign Judge. We didn't sign Correa. We saved all kinds of money with these offsite. And then we're getting rally towels from three years ago with slogans that don't exist anymore. We are resilient. Maybe the irony was that the rally towel was so resilient that it made it to 2023. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's a coin flip, Schmitty. I mean, I... I think the Beatty thing, I I actually saw that news late the night before the opening day that they had signed him. Yeah. And I actually did a double take looking at it thinking, wait, is this Matt Beatty from the Dodgers, the guy with the <laughs> Oakley glasses and the, uh, this guy is not anything. Um, so I kind of figured like, oh, they're signing him to a minor league deal. He's cast off from somewhere, DFA. I didn't really dig into it. And then he's on the bench the following day and he gets into the game and Bryce is in town, not in town. Do we know? Yeah. He's right there with Sean jelly who also got snubbed. Right. And and his family's. And I mean, it's just, it's just a bad look. I mean, look, we watched Bryce Johnson through spring work his ass off and he was a big contributor in spring. I, I don't care what anybody says, young, whatever inexperienced, that guy was, he was stealing bases. He was hitting, he was extremely athletic and on defense. I mean, it just, he earned that spot. Right. And like you said, with Hanniger out, he's the next in line. I mean, he'd be my next pick for that spot. So I think I got to go with that over the towels, but the, it's, a, it's a close one. I mean, the, <laughs> it's, it's like you're bringing out the pandemic era towels to give everyone. Okay. Yeah. Possibly there was some rain going to fall in that game, but uh, I mean, who needs to start rubbing the orange rally towel on themselves when they're wet and their whole face looks like they've been eating a bag of Cheetos. I mean, yeah. that's not I mean, really what we want. They should have just gave out the N95 mask that they had left over. Yeah, I mean, it was just go. ridiculous. As far as the home opener went, they have some uh, adjustments just like Kapler has to make um, to get things in order. We uh, went up to the Ghirardelli uh, ice cream line and Apparently, the hot chocolate wasn't going to be ready for another hour, which was interesting because it was drizzling out and cold as shit. And it's like, oh, you don't have the hot stuff ready, right? And then the um, I'm a season ticket holder, so I have this season ticket, uh, what's it called, bar, you know, that you show them. It's another app thing that you right, got to right, right. scan in to get your 20% discount, which is really nice. Not working. Sorry. <laughs> Go to guest wow. services. Wait, I just waited in line for a slice of pizza. I don't want to go to guest services. I want to eat. And and these games, you know, with the pitching clock, which I love, um, they've averaged 30 minutes quicker in total time. Um, you don't have a lot of time to go to the bathroom and get, and get in food lines. You really got to pick your, you know, 
you know, run up right after that third out and hope you're right. the first in line and get it and get back. Because if you're in one of these long lines, it's, it, you could miss a whole inning easily. Wow. So, so an hour for hot chocolate, I mean, and this, this whole gate snafu with scanning code, I mean, the digital revolution fails. You mentioned earlier that ballpark app, cause I've actually used that to go to games at Oracle where you purchase your tickets and then you gotta go, you gotta use it. Why do you have to use an app? Like mm-hmm. whatever happened to having a ticket? They don't like the printed ticket anymore. They have all these like wands that they detect you for. It's just bonkers. But I will give the MLB app credit, the uh, ballpark app. I do love the area where you can go in. So each game you go to, you check in on this app. And so over like the time I've been using the app probably four or five years, it's recorded my entire win loss record all the different stadiums I've gone to. It's yeah. pretty neat to see like, oh, you've seen 24 out of the 28 teams, like stuff like that. So those type of things, especially for baseball, which is such a statistic driven thing, it's really cool for me. I'm like, okay, we got to start going to one or two stadiums a year and get all the stadiums. Like, you know, it's like that collector mentality in my brain just keeps going mm-hmm. with all those kind of things. So I like that, but I just don't like passwords for every goddamn thing you have and then hey you have to change your password you've had that password too long and you're like how the fuck do i remember five thousand different passwords it's like right. jesus but you know the the youth will tell me i'm too old i'm sure yeah well it's it's kind of cool in a way it's almost like you have your own little personal stat cast right yeah like it is say like what was schmitty's exit velocity at that game when the giants were getting blown out 14 to 3 he was 6.4 miles per hour out of the turnstiles. <laughs> what I've started this year is what jersey was I wearing at the game? And then we'll start using our uh, superstition like, Schmitty, don't wear that black jersey. You haven't won a game wearing the black. There you go. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's all early. I know this. And I was getting mad at all the haters on KMBR calling in and saying the season's over after they lost two out of three to New York. It's like... Hey, slow your roll. We got 162 games and things will get better and then they'll get worse and then they'll get better again. Baseball is an up and down thing it's, and it's all about streaks. We all know that. So we're here for the ride and I'm enjoying seeing new faces. I, I, I collect autographs sometimes in the morning before the game and I saw Conforto, Hanniger, Wood and Stripling this morning and they're all just and Sable. I mean, these guys are excited to be in San Francisco and stoked to be a part of the Giants. And that goes a long way. You know, there's other guys that, you know, we've mentioned Joey Bart in the past and some of these guys that just kind of have a chip on their shoulder and don't seem like they're that enthusiastic. And to me, if you don't have enthusiasm to play baseball, you're going to struggle. You need, like, I need to get revved up. I need coffee. I need my adrenaline pumping and I'm ready to go try some Smith grinds, you know, like let's go, you know, I'm not going to go try this trick that I've never done before feeling like, I don't know. What's up guys like that. No, you got to get hyped and bring the noise. And that's my two cents to you. Joey Bart. Game up. It'd be nice if some of those guys were a little more embracing of the fans and were looking for autographs on the way in, but I get it too. Do you hear that? That's my I, dog, Honeybee. And she wants us to know this just in her favorite player, 
Darren Ruff is back with the <laughs> San Francisco Giants, kid. Um, it's a trade that didn't work out. Plain and simple. We did it. We traded Ruff for three players and we got Ruff back. So that was the best deal that Farhan has made, I think. Well, yeah, in terms of uh, cutting your losses, so to speak, I guess so. Ruff uh, is on the move. I almost think that's more shocking than the BD signing, really. But then I told you this, right? When he got <laughs> he got released from the Mets, I said, watch, he's going to boomerang back to the Giants. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, where do we put him? I don't think we have a, a slot for him. I, I don't think so either. I mean, maybe it's it's like putting a poker chip in your back pocket for the the postseason roster expansion or late season roster expansion. Okay, well, we got this one lumbering <laughs> oaf that can sometimes knock one out of the park. I mean, I I don't really see much other value in it, you know. And, yeah. he, and he's a likable guy, you know. Oh, he's very likable. I like him. Guy, he's a great guy. He's like Austin Wins. They're they're always solid. Look you at the face and say what's up. You can't knock these guys like that. I got a I got a trivia question for you. All right. The splash hit counter was at ninety seven. Lamont Wade just hit one yesterday. That's ninety eight. There's only two left. Who will hit the hundred splash hit? Email talkingschmidt at gmail dot com and let me know. And once it happens, the first person on that thing will get a big package, including some of our stickers that have just been made. What, who do you who do you got for this? I'm taking Mikey Yaz, man. I, I think Yaz is going to be the guy to do it. You know who I'm taking? Wade. Nope. You know how the Giants brought in Sergio Romo for one game to retire and get to throw those pitches? When, um, I when know the, about it. I'm trying to forget it. When the splash hit counter goes to 99, the Giants are going to bring in Barry Bonds for one game to hit that 100. Ooh. <laughs> and Bonds hits one high. Hits it uh, No, I'm going to go with uh, Blake Sable. Wow. Okay. His first splash hit is going to be the 100th splash hit. Yeah, I like that. I like Sable for that. I'm still picking Yaz, though. I think I think Yaz is going to put one in the in the drink. So so you were talking about the, the people calling in KBR just uh, – just shitting down the neck of the team already. I this is the point in the season where it's so early that even in my pessimistic uh, my pessimistic nature, I will look at it in terms of there are things to be concerned about in the first seven, eight games, whatever, but nothing that's like a dumpster fire quite yet. Give me a month and I might be pulling my hair out and freaking out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first um, check-in should be May 1st. I think the end of April is a great time to kind of see a full month of baseball and say, here's where we are. It is going to be impossible for me to fill Bruce Bochy's shoes. Right. Like, it doesn't matter who the Giants open up with because it's opening weekend. So they get the worst team in baseball and they still can sell out those games. And then they follow it up with the Dodgers, who are our best draw. So the first six home games, our first home series, will look like the fans are still here. My question is the second series when St. Louis and New York come in, who are pretty good draws in their own right, but will the fans show up? Because there's been a lot of Twitter and phone calls and a lot of negative press for the Giants. And to those people, I say, are you really a fan? Well, currently, uh, the Snakes and the Dodgers and the Padres are all sitting with even records at the top of the division. The Giants are at the bottom. Now, to be fair, the first week, 
And this, this really puzzled me is that the other four NL West teams all played each other in, in two separate series while the Giants flew all the way to the East Coast and had to play the Yankees. So I'm not sure if the first week is even really indicative of what performances long-term out of the division are going to be like. I still think that it's going to be the Padres that are going to pull away. I still think that the Giants possibly could surpass the Dodgers because I don't know, I don't know, all these role players that they pulled in, and it's obviously a, a play to cut payroll and get Shohei next year. Shohei! But yeah, it's it's going to be a tough division no matter how how you slice it. But we need an everyday player that takes the field that we know is going to be here for at least four years. Yeah. And yeah. to the Giants office, you still haven't even re-signed Logan Webb, which is ridiculous. That needs to happen ASAP. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I was a little bit concerned because he gave up a couple of long balls in spring and then right out of the gate opening day, he gave up a couple more. But then he's tightened it down since and hasn't given up another home run. So I'm He looked no great longer, against the Yankees. Obviously, one or two of those home runs he gave up, they were golfed out. And that might not have gone out in a lot of stadiums. Yankee Stadium is definitely a place to hit home runs. And San Francisco isn't. So I think, you know, he'll fare better at home for sure. Should we get together maybe Thursday or Friday after the Dodgers series? It might be a lot to talk about after this. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that these episodes are 43 minutes and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I think we're going to just leave it at that. So look forward to about 43 minutes of us every episode. This whole project slash hobby is evolving every time we do it and we look forward to your guys contributions and uh, opinions and everything we're on instagram at skates on base i saw sf giantist at the game yesterday and he said keep doing the pod i love it so that was cool nice yeah it's just it's just two old farts talking giants baseball and uh, coming at it maybe from a little different angle than everybody's used to, which is you know our angle. I love talking baseball with you. Have been doing it for years, and we're just doing it in a more public forum. And, and if you're listening, thank you. Thanks for listening. Um, on the way out, uh, I'd like to also say the smash hit of the week. Go watch the documentary about Reggie Jackson. It's called Reggie. It's on Amazon's Prime Video, however you can get it. Download it for free somehow or pay the money and watch it. But I loved it. It's got great cameos. You got you got Dr. J, you got Vita Blue, Stuart, Raleigh Fingers. There's a phone call from Pete Rose and uh, kind of lets you understand a little bit more of why people don't like Bud Selig. There is no denying that Mr. October was a phenomenal baseball player and his electricity that he brought to Oakland and Yankee stadium is forever. And you can never ever look at number 44 and not think of Willie McCovey, Reggie Jackson. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I got a, my Amazon yeah, expired. So I'm like sitting there going, Oh, I got to figure it out, but I'll, I'll get it going. You know, you and I both saw him play live in Oakland all those years ago. And he was the real deal back then. And that was his legend hadn't even hatched all the way. Once he got to New York, it just became 10 times larger. So I'm excited to see that. And uh, I love, I love stuff that really digs into that because I, I don't think Reggie is really somebody that people talk about that much anymore. It's just as, as things accelerate, it's 
time passes. And I mean, it's like, I, I don't want to hear any more about Derek Jeter. Give me Reggie Jackson. That's what I really want to hear about. I mean, that's me because I'm old, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm super excited to see that. So yeah, Derek Jeter's in there praising him too. Uh, Reggie helped a lot of those guys that became huge stars. And um, just like Will Clark does in the Giants organization, I think the Yankees have the same mentality as keeping some of their legends within the organization. You know, Willie Mays coming to Giants games and all that stuff is really impressionable. And Barry Bonds, like meeting Comforto, who looked up to him as a kid, all that stuff, its it goes a long way. So never, never take that for granted in, in these big historical clubs that have so much history. I think that's a huge addition to why someone like Judge is going to possibly come here you know like they're not going to anaheim i'll that's tell right. you that somehow they got trout and otani but that's not for yeah, long <laughs> yeah wherever otani is next year it won't be anaheim and even with the samurai helmet they've broken out for the home run celebrations Ooh. that's a that's a strange one look for the dispatch on our instagram christian just pumped out a really cool one that will be coming out probably the same day as this episode yep. so Take a look at Skates on Base Instagram and let us know what you think and let us know what you'd want more of. Cool, Schmitty. Well, let's wrap this one up. Get at it again soon. It's been a minute since the last one. Try to do it a little more frequently. I never never got enough not to say. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I think um, if our schedules permit, we should definitely do one after game three of this Dodgers series and the final game of the homestand. Maybe we'll just have a full Dodger episode and we'll be able to kind of like see what these three great games are telling us about their 23 club and how the giants fared and all that. It should be really interesting as Marty Lurie likes to say, it's the story. News update. It looks like Gabe Kapler's announced today's lineup. Check this out. Tyro Estrada leads off. Oh. Wilmer Flores batting second. Conforto batting third. Christian Cooper called it, kids. J.D. Davis batting fourth, cleanup at D.H. Villar at third base. Crawford at short, batting seventh. Welcome back, Austin wins. Batting eighth and playing left field. They must have just called him up today. Helio Ramos. And Weird. batting ninth and playing center field, Bryce Johnson. Interesting. Disclafani. Let's get that win and go in fired up to uh, beat L.A. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it doesn't work out, we can always blame the organization. <laughs> so uh, until next time, guys, we, we are, are out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Skaters on Baseball. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Give us a good review or hell, blow us up on your social media if you're down. Follow us at Skates on Base on Instagram for baseball news and other fun stuff. We love comments and listener participation, so bring it with an audio clip or an email. You can email us at skatersonbase at gmail.com. We're everywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be here all season long. And you take a look here at what Sergio Romo was dealing with, and he was... A, a little bit heated there after the performance is he's immediately thrown off the belt, the glove, the hat, everything. That's it.